Welcome to the In the Oil Patch radio show, broadcasting from the SR Trident studio. SR Trident, where safety is a culture, not just a word. In the Oil Patch radio show with Kimball Auto is where you will hear the latest in the oil, gas, and energy industry from a wide variety of industry experts, elected officials, and more, right here on In the Oil Patch radio show. And welcome to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. I'm your host, Kim Bellotto, and today we have a great show lined up for you. We will be joined by Daniel Turner, who is the Executive Director for Power the Future. But first, let me tell you about the latest issue of Show Magazine featuring Brian Freed, who is the CEO of Epic Midstream, an amazing company. But you know what? There are also a lot more articles that really talk about what is happening in the energy space right now, energy transition and ESG. Be sure to visit shellmag.com, sign up for a free digital issue of Shell Magazine, and we'll continue to send you every single issue in the future. I'd also like to tell you about our event that's coming up in February 2nd, 2022. It is our annual State of Energy Houston. We have a great lineup. We will be joined by Chairman Wayne Christian of the Texas Railroad Commission, along with an excellent panel of guests, including Sean Strawbridge, CEO of the Port of Corpus Christi, Mike Howard, CEO of Howard Energy, Bruce Bullenweider, who is Vice President of Argus Media, and, and Phil Anderson, who is Senior Vice President for Enbridge. It's an event you don't want to miss. It will be a sold out event. So if you want to get tickets for this event or sponsor it, please be sure to visit shale, S-H-A-L-E-M-E-G.com. Remember the date is February 2nd, 2022. And now it's time for me to welcome on my co-host and the editor of Shell Magazine, David Blackman. David, welcome to this week's show. Hey, it's another beautiful day in the oil patch. It sure is. And I just love our segment because we get to talk about the Biden administration's (laughs) mess. All the fun stuff, yeah. Week after week. So let's start with, he seems to be in a panic to avoid any kind of blame for the higher gas prices. But at this point, I really believe that the American people, no matter where they are on the spectrum, rich, poor, well-educated, or not even a high school uh, graduate, they are getting, it is you, it is your policy. (laughs) Some way, somehow (laughs) you're responsible for these prices at the gas pump and at the grocery store where we are all feeling it. But this week, he ordered the Federal Trade Commission to investigate alleged anti-competitive practices that he claims have led to the rise in gas prices. Is there any substance to this? Uh, No, absolutely not. Um, This this is what Democratic presidents do, uh, and frankly, Democratic majority Congresses do every time gas prices rise on their watch, which happens pretty much every time they're in control. Correct. Um, you know, they start flailing them out and accusing the oil, the evil oil companies of, of you know, anti-competitive practices and price fixing. And this, this exact same order and exact same investigation have been done 50 times in the past 50 years. And they have never unveiled any evidence whatsoever of any kind of anti-competitive practices engaged in by these companies because they don't do it. These are competitors. They don't conspire with each other to raise gas prices by a few pennies. Uh, The Biden uh, memo to the FTC says, well, hey, you know, all this anti-competitive practices has raised the price of gasoline by eight cents a gallon. My God, the the price of gas is up $1.30 
since election day last year. It's up over a dollar since inauguration day in January. Um, if, if eight cents is because of anti-competitive practices, is that really a reason to, to get the FTC up in arms and, and investigate? No, it's just, it's just this administration, this inherent, frankly, and I'm gonna say something people will, will make some people mad. This is an inherently dishonest administration. Correct. And it's inherently dishonest, especially on energy and environment policy. Yep. And this yep. is a very dishonest move by the president and, and he should be condemned for it. Well, and I think the thing that the American people, our listeners need to understand, Kim Bellotto really doesn't care if you're a Republican or a Democrat or an independent or a libertarian. Everyone is feeling the effects of this, this, these policies. And you have to just start with from day one, he signed an executive order to kill the Keystone Pipeline. And he has been going after the oil and gas companies ever since. And we're going to get into that in the next segment of our show with our guest, Daniel Turner, uh, with Energy uh, for Power. But I'm also going to say that you have to start, the, our, the American people have to start really getting angry at these elected officials. I don't mean go hurt anybody, but pick up the phone and <laughs> no. call and start telling or send a letter or an email to your elected official that you are very, very upset with these policies that are coming down. And it shouldn't matter if you're a Democrat or a Republican. It should matter because you're an American citizen and everyone is hurting. Let's change the gears just a little bit and talk about the price of oil, how it fell because of reports that Biden, the administration, and other countries are considering releasing millions of barrels of oil from the strategic petroleum reserves. First of all, what is strategic petroleum reserves for our listeners? And then two, what happens if they do? What's going to happen to the market? Is it going to, are we going to feel any pain at the pump worse or less? Well, uh, so the, the strategic petroleum reserve, the SPR, uh, is is a reserve of, of about 800 million barrels of oil that our government has purchased on the free market over the years. And, and it uh, resides in massive salt caverns uh, underground uh, along the Gulf Coast of Texas and Louisiana mainly, and some is up in Alaska. And it's there for a reason. It's called strategic because it's there for a real emergency. A uh, real uh, emergency. A real like emergency. Right, like a war, right. Mm -hmm. or an, an incredible natural disaster where most of our oil production domestically is impacted and, and you have to get fuel to people because of a, of a disaster. Yeah. Uh, it's not there to try to lower the price of gasoline a few pennies at the gallon, okay? I mean, that's yep. not what it's for. But, but your polling numbers are so bad. And the American people are really figuring out it's your policies, you and the Democrat Party, you're desperate to try to do anything. To, to change those numbers sure. and to look like you're not really causing the problem. It's just some in disaster that's happening to the American people just because it's just happening. Can't explain right. why. Mm. And if they, you know, you know if, if they do it, if particularly if other countries do it from their own reserves, uh, it will, I mean, what we saw this week was it, it did lower the price of oil a few dollars a barrel. And that yeah. that's gonna save us a few pennies at the pump here over the mm -hmm. next couple of weeks. but. But if you do release that oil, let's say it's 100 million barrels of oil, that's one day of global oil supply, okay? Correct. So that'll work its way through the system in two or three weeks, and then the price of oil is going to go right back up. It's to gonna, where it was. Okay, exactly. And, and I can't understand this at all. This administration makes no sense. At the same time, they're talking about releasing this to lower 
temporarily the price of at, at the pump. They're also talking about Biden is getting pressure from the Democrats in Congress right now to re-implement the Carter error ban on crude oil exports that we just reversed in when Obama was in office. Right. This would repeal the Ob- Obama back in 2015. What? <laughs> how, do, how do you get lower prices when you're closing you pipelines, banning oil exporting from the United States, and now we're going to be relying on Saudi Arabia and other countries again like we were for our oil? Yeah. How, do, how in the heck does this administration think this is going to work out in their favor? Well, they don't. What they're doing is just, as you said earlier, I mean, they're just looking around to throw stuff up against the wall and hope it deflects blame off of them, right? I mean, if you cut 3 million, we we export 3 million barrels of oil a day onto the global market, okay? And it goes to all these other countries that are reliant on it. If you Mm -hmm. shut that off, then all of these other countries are going to be scrambling around to find all you know, to import into their countries from somewhere else. And it's going to disrupt supplies to our country coming from overseas. And it's going to cause this massive train wreck in the global supply chain. Which is what you're talking about. We're going to to have an energy crisis to a a new level that we have not seen. Right. And this is, you know, and this is, as you said, it's a Carter era policy. Everything this administration is doing is like an instant replay of the Jimmy Carter administration which before Joe Biden was the worst president in our nation's history, okay? And least successful president in our nation's history. Now, I think Biden has already surpassed him, but but that's not really the the administration you ought to be copying here, especially where energy policy is concerned. Correct. He should be copying President Trump's policies, and that way everybody would be happy because the free market is <laughs> and paying a lot less at the gas pump, right? Yes. And you <laughs> probably, and the Democrat party are not going to literally get s- slaughtered in 2022 when the elections come around, because by the time that election, I anticipate that the American people are going to be so angry everywhere in this country with prices outrageously high for their utility bills, grocery store mm-hmm. bills, gasoline prices, prices yeah. of cars because they want to push EVs, electric vehicles on everybody, and there's not enough supply, so they're very high. You know, it's going to affect and they cost your so much, rent. Yeah. Or doesn't matter. You're going to get it somewhere, unless you're the super, super one percenters that they talk about that need to pay their fair share. Okay, maybe they don't <laughs> mind. They're still flying around in their corporate jets and in their yachts, but the rest of the American people, which is the majority, are going to be pretty angry. What do you think happens in election time, 2022? Well, I mean, if it was held today, it would be a complete wipeout of the Democratic Party across the country. Um, And these policies that they're talking about pushing out are going to start affecting around, you know, now, but it's going to stay true all the way to election time, right? Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's only going to get worse for them between now and a year from now. So it's going to be an enormous red wave election and the Republicans will regain control of Congress, and uh, we'll have a stalemate in Washington until we elect another Republican president in 2024. It's very predictable from this point forward. And it doesn't look like it's going to be a good time until we have a new president. No, it's going to be a long three years. Yep. So buckle up, folks. Well, David, that's all we have for this segment. When we return, we will be joined by Daniel Turner, who is the executive producer for Power the Future. You're listening to an Old Patch Radio Show. We'll be right back. 
The 23rd World Petroleum Congress brings the global industry to the energy capital of the world, Houston, Texas, December 5th through 9th, 2021, for a week of forward-looking conversation that will shape the future of energy. The Congress will be centered around the theme of innovative energy solutions, drawing inspiration from the innovative spirit of the industry over the decades. Delegates can expect robust strategic, technical, and U.S. programs with perspectives from government leaders, CEOs, academia, and other expert speakers on the industry trends, as well as creative solutions and best practices to address current energy challenges. Delegates will have the opportunity to attend industry inside luncheons and numerous networking events that will build new professional relationships and strengthen existing ones. Also, they can explore the Congress exhibition where leading international companies will showcase their innovations. Make your mark at the World Petroleum Congress and be a part of the beginning of what's next. To learn more and register, visit www.23wpchouston.com. That's www.23wpchouston.com. And David, now it's time to welcome on our guest, Daniel Turner, or welcome back our guest, Daniel Turner, Executive Director of Power the Future. Daniel, welcome to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. It is great to be back. Thank you for having me. Well, a lot has changed since we had you on the show. Uh, the Biden administration is definitely making uh, waves in the way of oil and gas. But before we get started on talking about the changes that are occurring with this administration, let's start off by telling us a little bit about yourself, and of course, your group, Power the Future. Yeah, happy to. And like I said, it's great to be on with you. Um, I started Power the Future about five years ago uh, because I saw a huge disconnect between the folks who made energy policy and the folks who were affected by energy policy. And I felt that the folks who were affected most by it didn't have strong advocates in Washington, D.C. I've been in D.C. for uh, 20 some odd years in the political space. I don't live there anymore. I live in a farm now, well outside in rural Virginia. Um, but I've been in the political space for a while. And the energy area is one that really bothered me that people uh, who's called for, for fracking moratoriums, called for banning uh, uh, access to federal land, people who are putting setback rules in place. All of them lived in New York and San Francisco and were funded by billionaires like Michael Bloomberg or Tom Steyer, and none of them understood the consequence of their decisions. Uh, and, and especially those frontline workers, those who work in oil, gas, coal, those welders who work on pipelines, uh, none of them ever had someone to say, well, this is my job you're talking about. It's so easy to tell other people to transition away into a new field, but no one ever talks about transitioning their own job, right? And so I wanted to be a voice for those rural workers, those rural communities, before more damage was done to them. And I think the Biden administration is exactly why I started it. You see folks making energy policy, and they don't, they have no idea how consequential their actions are and how much damage it's doing. And, you know, we are going to get deeper into that in the show. Uh, go ahead, David. No, I was just going to say, I mean, he's absolutely right about that. This administration, you know, uh, I think is filled with people who don't have any idea or don't care how mm -hmm. their decisions uh, impact the people you're talking about. And frankly, in this particular administration, I, I tend to lean towards more they don't care. But uh, in any event, you were with us in June to talk about uh, you know, we talked about mainly the, the Keystone XL pipeline and the, the negative impacts that, you know, Biden's decision to cancel that $8 billion investment had on thousands of Americans. 
Uh, now the, the administration is apparently comp, comp, contemplating doing the same thing with, with another pipeline in, in the Great Lakes region, uh, the Line 5 line. Mm. Talk about what's going on there and how that would impact so many people in that part of the country. Yeah, and, and what's tricky about these pipelines is the same as with Keystone, is that they do cross an international boundary. And so the president feels that he has uh, the, uh, the ability to step in. And, and historically, the president has. Whether or not he does in the Constitution is very questionable. I kind of wish some legislators in the, in, in the Senate especially, I'm looking at you, Ted Cruz and Mike Lee, I was wishing some would come back and say, well, why does the president get to decide international boundaries? But Historically, the president has had that authority. Um, it's why Keystone was held up forever by the Obama State Department. And Biden now is threatening two more pipelines, Line 5, which crosses the Canadian border in Michigan, and Line 3, which crosses the Canadian border into Minnesota. And both of them are just political uh, uh, hot potatoes because the radical environmental green movement, uh, they're never satiated, right? We have to disavow ourselves of this belief that they just care deeply about the earth. Um, this is a, a movement about, about socialism. Uh, it's a movement about control and power. And once they have one victory, they move on to the next. So you think Keystone was going to shut them up? Nope. Now they want Line 5. Line 5 is operated for about 65 years. It has yet to have any incident whatsoever. You read press coverage and they say Michigan has had some oil spills in the past. Not Line 5. You know, it's like saying, I'm not going to hire this driver because there have been accidents on I-95. Well, not this driver, doesn't matter, right? It, it's just purely illogical. Um, so Line 5 has, has really been a flawless pipeline. They're upgrading it. They're saying it's 65 years old. Let's put a bigger, better, newer one in. Right. And it's being fought by these environmental groups for the sole purpose of, of their political ideology. And Biden and his team, sadly, are, are dumb enough and politically uh, driven enough to fall for it. I think the thing that that uh, is amazing to me is I had a conversation with Congressman Cloud last week about specifically the policies that are coming out are so harmful to the overall American public and um, our economy. And now we are looking at inflation and and it's one thing to have poor policies, um, policies maybe, as you guys stated earlier, that they're just unaware. David, you said maybe they don't care but it has a real impact on people and on our economy and on inflation. And so I asked Congressman Cloud, because I know that there are people listening who are thinking if it's that bad and they seem to be a runaway train of either out of ignorance or just don't, they don't care. Hmm. Why is someone created articles of impeachment, but yet no, no one's acting on it. Yeah. And, and so I know that there's listeners saying, well, why don't we just start impeaching him if he's that bad of a president and causing such havoc in our country? And it's a little more complicated than, a, than the listeners will, would think that it's impossible to do it because of a Democratic right. uh, House mm -hmm. that has changed the rules that basically are not going to allow this to happen. And so I, I wonder, I see an administration that is accountable to no one now because yeah. they they own the house. And so the 2022 election is extremely important for people to be engaged and go out and vote. Because if you want to change, it's going to be now or, or we are really going to go down a 
scary path. And I thought it was worth mentioning, but we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, I want to get into the specifics of how much higher since the day he took office to now of what the American people are dealing with, with this administration. You're listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show, and we'll be right back. SR Trident is a veteran-owned and operated industrial construction company. Established in 2012 by co-founders Stephen Snyder and Ryan Berthold, SR Trident has positioned itself as an expert in the industrial construction sector. With mounting business expansions, they've assembled a team of skilled, experienced, and able individuals who are dedicated to meeting client needs as they evolve. SR Trident's safety record is impeccable as they've won a number of awards, including the ABC National Safety Excellence Award in 2020. With exceptional leadership and experience driving their gains, SR Trident can tackle any project and are ready to let their talent be the driving force in the energy industry. Call today, 361-776-2662 or visit online at srtrident.com to request a bid proposal today. Any business can benefit from advertising to the oil and gas industry, but it's really important to partner with a marketing company that has a proven track record with this growing industry. Shale Oil and Gas Business Magazine is the one-stop shop that'll keep you in front of the customers that you need to grow your business. So let's start growing your business in Texas. Email us, info at shalemag.com. Again, that's info at shale, S-H-A-L-E, mag, M-A-G, dot com. And we're back. Our guest today is Daniel Turner, Executive Director of Power the Future. Daniel, before the break, we were discussing the Keystone Pipeline and this administration. And of course, now they're after the Enbridge Energy Line 5 in the Great Lakes region. But I want to also get into the amount that or the way it has changed from significantly the price of gasoline at the pump now is 43% higher than it was the day that President Biden was uh, his inauguration day, 62% higher on election day last year. And some say that the Biden policies are not responsible for this increase. But when you're when you're doing when you are signing an executive orders for Keystone Pipeline, uh, increasing regulation on operators, um, tell me how that he's is this even possible that this that he is not responsible for the, these policies and where we are currently. Yeah, I mean, this is just, again, the, the, why I started the organization, because the people who make these policy decisions don't understand their con the consequence of their actions. 100% um, Biden is responsible for the increase in prices. Uh, we are producing 2 million barrels fewer every day than we did just a year ago. And that, that supply decrease is because he has made it much more difficult to produce. Uh, um, the Secretary Granholm, the Secretary of Energy, uh, repeatedly talks about how producers are not turning on the spigot, not turning on the spigot. I, I for a while, I thought that she was just using a euphemism, but now I, I, there's a part of me that really believes that she may think that oil wells are like faucets, and if you just turn the handle a little more, more comes out. And what they've done is they've just turned the handle the opposite direction, and they refuse <laughs> to go back. Um, and the reason why I say that is not to knock Jennifer Granholm. She's she's a, clearly a an accomplished politician, but I don't have much respect for politicians, right? She she is a politician. She was governor of Michigan. She was a terrible governor of Michigan. Michigan isn't exactly an energy powerhouse, so she has no background in energy. But some reason, for some reason, 
She's the Secretary of Energy. She's the one person responsible, the one person in the, in the president's arsenal of, of staff responsible for ensuring American energy is reliable, it is inexpensive, it is, it is abundant, uh, and hopefully it is domestic. And she doesn't understand the way the energy is produced. And, and so, of course, you add her to the Biden decisions, to whatever power John Kerry has, which no one really knows who the heck he's accountable to, um, not to mention the EPA, Michael Regan, huge climate zealot, the amount of regulations they have put on the EPA. We hired an eco-terrorist at, at the Bureau of Land Management, uh, someone who has engaged in tree spiking in the past to control 250 million acres of federal land. She is not going to allow access on federal land either. So all these things coupled together, it didn't happen overnight, of course. It took a little while, month after month after month, but now the consequences have all caught up to us and now the Biden administration is playing this game of we're just hapless victims in this grand global game of right. international markets. And right. it's, it's nauseating to see. Yeah, it, it is. And you talk about the people he has advising them, and you're right about every one of them. And, of course, the, the Secretary of Interior is a lifelong anti-oil and gas activist. So these are the people advising him, and now they're advising him to consider re-implementing the ban on crude oil exports. That Barack Obama repealed in 2015, well, and, their own and, president. And we're actually going to get into that in the next segment because it's an important topic and I don't want to cut it short and then take a quick break and then come back. So let's go ahead and take a quick break. You're listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show and we'll be right back. Psst. Hey, you. Do you want to join the fastest growing oil and gas network in Texas? Ma'am, I'm all for growing my business. So you've got my attention. What is it? Teak is the Texas Energy Advocates Coalition. They hold business mixers to help businesses grow and network. Any cost to join? For the next 90 days, it's completely free. No charge to join. But they do want like-minded individuals to attend who are interested in growing their business and networking. Well, I want to join. Where should I go? Go to shalemag.com slash and click on the join link. Enter your information and we'll get you set up. Join the Texas Energy Advocates Coalition at shalemag.com slash teak today. The Texas Alliance of Energy Producers has a rich and commanding history of fighting for the independent oil and gas industry. The Texas Alliance became a statewide organization in 2000 with the merger of two of the oldest oil and gas associations in the nation, the North Texas Oil and Gas Association and the West Central Texas Oil and Gas Association. Today, with more than 2,600 members, the Texas Alliance is the largest statewide association in the country serving independent energy producers and associated industries. Through our efforts in Washington, D.C. and Austin, the Texas Alliance is focused on a better business climate for you. The Texas Alliance has a staff consisting of highly experienced senior staff and supporting consultants serving our membership. Offices are located in Austin and Wichita Falls. Become a member today by visiting texasalliance.org or email us texasalliance at texasalliance.org. Shale Oil & Gas Business Magazine provides services like print advertising and digital marketing. Our digital advertising services include website, email, radio, video, and social media. Shale also provides specialized web services from website management to search engine optimization and social media management. Visit our website, shalemag.com. And we're back. You're listening to In the Old Patch Radio Show. Our guest today is Daniel Turner, Executive Director of Power the Future. Yeah, Daniel, uh, before the break, we uh, I 
started to ask a question, but uh, we ran out of time there. Uh, but but this question about you know Biden now uh, being urged by members of Congress and his own advisors to to re-implement this crazy Jimmy Carter era ban on crude oil exports, which I guess we should expect since every energy policy he has seems to be a Jimmy Carter policy, um, as a means to combat high <laughs> high gasoline prices. I mean, wouldn't doing that have exactly the opposite effect? It, it's of course it would. And, and it's not surprising that this is the administration's response because these are people who only believe in government. Um, I think last time I was on the show with you, I mentioned this and it bears repeating the great marvel of what the previous administration did was they just got out of the way. We didn't discover new oil fields. We didn't invent a new technology. He just allowed a free market to do what it does. And when free people are given freedoms to freely engage in the market space, they produce more of a good at a lower price point for a greater number of people. We hit record oil and gas production in 2019 because people were free to do so. So Biden has reversed that. He wants government to be in charge. And now that he has mucked things up, his response is, well, I guess we need more government action to solve it. So he could reverse all of this if he believed in freedom. And that's the biggest difference between classically right now, the left and the right, the Democrats, Republicans, not all Republicans, uh, but that is the biggest divide we are facing is that people who believe that free people know what works best and people who believe that government knows what works best. And if we think government's gonna be the solution, just look at big governments around the world, Venezuela, right, China, look at the authoritarian abuses that come, look at the, the, look at the way those governments run their country. So Biden only knows government. He's a government guy. Yeah. Government is always going to be his answer. Well, and, and Daniel, you're, you're bringing up a great point, which is, you know, you look at these elected officials that have been in office for years, such as Biden and our Secretary of Energy, who was a former elected official as well, and you start realizing none of them have really held a job as no. either. What have they run that has been successful? They have ran for office their whole life, and they've been successful in that. Um, but they're seasoned elected officials, not seasoned business owners, uh, successful CEOs of any major Fortune 500 company. The majority of the people who are leading us down this very dangerous path, they have no experience. No, and, and, and they're lawyers, and that's not a lawyer joke. We all need lawyers to a certain extent, but the HHS secretary, Javier Becerra, is a lawyer. He doesn't know anything about medical industry. He, he's a lawyer. The the interior secretary is a Deb Holland is a lawyer. She has no idea about land policy. Jennifer Granholm was a lawyer who became a governor. Doesn't know energy, right? Pete Buttigieg is a lawyer who was the mayor of a unremarkable small town, and that says something as a Notre Dame fan. I'm even calling South yeah. Bend that <laughs> he's a lawyer who doesn't know anything about transportation policy. But, right? but he Gina rides Green. a bike. He rides a bike, so he knows exactly. <laughs> Gina Raimundo's the Commerce Secretary. She's a lawyer. So you can't lawyer your way into prosperity or you can't lawyer your way out of a crisis. And, and Kim, your point is brilliant in that none of these people have experience doing anything. So they don't know how to solve problems. They just know how to turn to government. Exactly. Let's go back, though, to the line five question on, on uh, the pipeline and canceling them. Uh, these constant threats coming down from the president to cancel existing pipelines, deny permits for new pipelines. Um, they're, the overall economy, they are just completely 
just smashing it. And, but how can anyone justify making these multi-billion dollar investments when they know the president might just cancel it at the stroke of a pen? I mean, it, this is not in any way helping the problem of the infrastructure problem we have that helps educate our secretary of energy that, hey, we have an infrastructure problem. And you're right. You don't just turn on the spigot and, and something comes out. You've got to build these pipelines to transport this crude or natural gas. So I'm, I'm sitting here thinking as an executive, if I was an executive of a large oil and gas company or my shareholders, we're not we're not so sure we're going to build on this because no. there's no safety with you guys. There isn't. And what does this say to our relationship with Canada, who is our right. ally, friend and neighbor? Um, currently, the, the, the president has both Justin Trudeau, the prime minister of Canada and Lopez Obrador, the president of Mexico. They're all meeting today. Uh, to discuss North American policy. Well, the guys from the South are sending us things that we don't necessarily want, which is an influx of illegals and drugs. Uh, and, and the guys from the North are trying to send us oil and we're shutting them down. So <laughs> how does Joe Biden face Justin Trudeau, who, trust me, I, he doesn't give me the impression that he's a guy who's going to fight hard for his country, but hopefully he does and say, Mr. President, what are you doing? These are operated in good faith. They were negotiated in good faith. Our government, your government, private public sectors sat down and now out of a whim you say i decide i no longer want this you're not a king right where is the full faith and credit of the american government who wants to deal with america now if that's the way we treat our friends right and it, it destroys uh you know business relies on certainty right yeah. the ability to make these huge investment decisions you have to have regulatory and legal certainty in order to say look i'm going to spend six billion dollars on this pipeline and that's what, more than anything, in my view, isn't that really what Biden's destroying here? Exactly. Is that certainty. Yeah, that certainty well, and that credibility. And, and as you were both saying, I'm a business executive. I'm not going to invest in that. And that is further driving up the cost of energy because uh, the energy markets are speculative. And the energy market is saying in the future, six months down the line, there's going to be even less of it because no one is making an investment. I was on a news program last night where they were saying, well, look at stock prices of energy companies. They're going through the roof. They are because gas prices are high, but I'm not here to advocate for energy companies. I'm not here to be the, the I'm not here to fight for, for publicly traded companies. I'm here to fight for the American people. And they're the ones who are really struggling right now. Yeah. Well, you know, it's a struggle, but I also wonder, you know, in 20, 2022, when we have this election and hopefully the Republicans regain the House, I think the Democrat Party itself is aware. They have to push through as much as they can because I think it's a plan. I think that the plan is to try to make renewables and their favorite energy sources more competable on a market. And if they drive up the price of oil and gas to the American people, then the American people start clamoring, we need relief, and this is where they start competing. So I think when we come back from break, I want to get back on Europe that you talked about earlier. You're listening to an Oil Patch Radio Show, and we'll be right back. Remember this name, Oil Field Experts, to locate any part, any time for your automotive or oil field equipment needs. Oil Field Experts' specialty is those hard-to-find oil field parts for your fleet maintenance needs, and we've been providing those parts and accessories to keep your tools turning since 1965. From the auto repair shop to the pump jack, call us for the right part right now. Write down this number, Oil Field Experts, 210-471-1923. Again, that's 210 210- 
471-1923 and visit us on the web at theoilfieldexperts.com. Any business can benefit from advertising to the oil and gas industry, but it's really important to partner with a marketing company that has a proven track record with this growing industry. Shale Oil and Gas Business Magazine is the one-stop shop that'll keep you in front of the customers that you need to grow your business. So let's start growing your business in Texas. Email us, info at shalemag.com. Again, that's info at shale, S-H-A-L-E, mag, M-A-G, dot com. And we're back. You're listening to in the Oil Pack Radio Show. Our guest today is Daniel Turner, Executive Director of Power the Future. Daniel, before the break, I kind of went on a Kim rant about, I think this is deliberate. I think that they are deliberately pushing as much as they can, as fast as they can before the election to drive up the price of oil and gas, to create a panic that opens the market for renewables and this energy transition that they love to say. What are your thoughts on that? I think you're absolutely right. Uh, the, the free markets have never stopped something from coming into, into existence. And if renewables were so wonderful, and I have nothing opposed to them, um, but they don't work the way we currently need our electric grid to work. If they were this panacea that was going to solve all problems, we wouldn't need the heavy hand of government to force them into existence. So in order to advance his green agenda, the Biden administration has to do two things. And I think one of them you got spot on. They have to make fossil fuels uh, uh, unattractive. They have to drive up their price. They have to start targeting the oil and gas companies, which they did yesterday or two days ago in their letter to the Federal Trade Commission saying they are price gouging and they are deliberately manipulating markets for profit, et cetera. So they have to make the fossil fuel industry the bad guy and they have to continue to scare people that we're all going to die. And that's the climate conference in Scotland. That's all the green movement. Those two things hand in hand, really bad, evil fossil fuels. And oh my gosh, climate change is going to kill us in 10 years. will force people to turn to government and say, please give us a solution and government will come back with this green green technology. And you yeah, know, Daniel, that, but, hey, oh, real quick, that post on your social media the other day that talked about um, the Washington Post, what, how many years ago was it that we were in this climate scare back then? That we, yeah, <laughs> you remember years the social ago. media yeah. post? Forever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, 50 years ago, we were going to have an ice age, and 30 years ago, we had 10 years left, and 20 years ago, we had 10 years left, and two years ago, uh, AOC, we had 12 years left, and, you know, it just always gets pushed out into the future. But right now, you know, and I totally agree with that hypothesis that this is all completely intentional and all designed to push renewable. There's no question about it. And, but, but the big outcome right now of all of this, particularly in Europe and Asia, is this, this overuse and overdeployment of wind and solar is now led, it's going to lead to a big energy crisis this winter. Yeah. And Europe and Asia are, are just clamoring to, to start their coal plants back up. Uh, we're using more coal here in the United States and exporting more coal than we ever have from the United States. And, uh, you know, in our country, uh, this, this higher use of coal, Daniel, isn't, isn't a lot of that due to Biden's 
efforts, intentional efforts to depress the oil and gas industry? And isn't this the unintended consequence of that? Absolutely. I mean, Germany's emissions have gone up in the last decade because they have gotten rid of what works. Uh, and then when their electric grid is, is faltering because wind and solar are not keeping up, they've had to turn to coal or they've had to turn to two other things. They've had to turn to France to buy nuclear power, which they sell them at an enormous premium, or as they're doing more and more, they're turning to Russia to, for more natural gas, who has cut supply by 75%, mostly because Vladimir Putin likes to watch the Germans jam, dance, <laughs> right? I mean, Germany and Russia don't like each other historically, and Putin is having a blast. Putin's also taking all of his surplus wealth, and he's amassing a larger army in Crimea, and he's amassing a larger army in the Arctic Circle because he wants the oil and gas reserves and what is technically neutral territory in the Arctic. And so, absolutely, if your goal is to go green, Shutting down pipelines doesn't affect it. If your goal is to go green, killing oil and gas doesn't, doesn't make it effective, right? You, so the, the very thing that they want, which is a greener tomorrow, they are not getting. And in the process, they're causing an awful lot of pain on their citizens, Germany in that case, and that's, that's our future. Well, let's bring it back here because, you know, David, you mentioned the unintended consequences once again. This is Kim's belief. Is it unintentional? And where is the media when we're having to go back to coal, which wasn't that the dirtier fuel? Of course it is. We're using that. So where are the greenies now? And where is the media now saying, hold on a minute. We're taking natural gas off to bring coal back on because of your policies. And aren't we on this climate change scare that uh, we have a limited amount of time or we're all going to be dead. The media and these anti-fossil anti fuel activists have all this year pushed this energy transition narrative all year. Where are they at now? And, and where do you think we're going to head with their energy transition narrative if we're now using coal again? Yeah, I, I, none of this has to do with energy transition and none of it has to do with the environment. This is... Uh, a, a power grab. It is it is the desire of people who are committed statists to get rid of an industry that is in private hands. And right now, the American energy industry is predominantly in private hands. Yes, there are some publicly traded companies, but it is not run by the state. It is run by by free people and private companies, and 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 they have to eliminate that. So it's the same reason why they don't ask why almost forty thousand people all flew to Scotland for two weeks. Uh, they needed a vacation. Doing? They needed a vacation, but but we've got just a couple of minutes left. Yeah. But tell our listeners about what happens in Mexico when you have a government-run oil and gas, Pemex. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the citizens of Mexico and their energy resources and what they pay, it's a mess. It's a nightmare. And you can look at countries all over the place. But yeah. And, and Venezuela as well. They have the world's largest proven oil reserves. And in the 20 years since Hugo Chavez came to power and now we're under Francisco Maduro, they have three and four day lines to fill up your car. They're basically out of gas. And you say, how is this possible? You have more oil than anyone in the world. That's what happens when the state runs things. And so do you believe this is really what they're after? And um, if you do believe that, then the American people, I think, need to wake up to see what's going on here. This is, this is intentional. This is uh, deliberate, and it's coming to a town near you if, if we don't start questioning our elected officials and putting heat on them to do something, mm -hmm. right? You want to be reelected in 22? 
Absolutely. And, and that starts at the most local level. Get involved in every election from your county to uh, uh, in state level races, because a lot of these green decisions, a lot of these green philosophies, a lot of these things begin at the local level and a bunch of you know, pain in the rear end, people start this coalition for, you know, Davidson County for clean air. And the next thing you know, they run the county board. And the next thing you know, your electric bill is going through the roof because a bunch of people with the crazy socialist philosophy are in charge. So get involved at the most local possible and protect yourself, your family, your farm, your land and your future. Exactly. Daniel, before we go, if uh, any of our listeners want to join your group or join in the cause where do they go to find you yeah powerthefuture.com and you can reach me i'm daniel at powerthefuture.com and we'd love to hear from people especially men and women who work in the oil and gas space there are heroes um, they fought through the pandemic they work at all times all weather all seasons rain cold freezing north slope uh, texas heat etc they're the best and so i uh, would love to hear from them Okay, Daniel. Well, thank you for being a guest on In the Oil Patch Radio Show, and we'll have you back on in the future. Hope so. In the Oil Patch is where, together, we explore topics that affect us all in oil, gas, business, and in your community. Every week, your host, Kim Bellotto, will visit with the movers and shakers in this fast-paced industry. You'll hear from industry experts, elected officials, and many more right here on In the Oil Patch. 